This is Hope FM. Well, when he arrived this morning, he was wearing his dark glasses, you know, as if the sun was shining outside, which in fact it is, Colin, It is. Isn't it? It's yeah. really bright out yeah. there, Blair. Yeah. So, um, I thought the man, from, man in black has arrived, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, Colin and I have been friends over over many years. We, work, we both work for Sheffield YMCA, yep. but entirely different different roles we've known each other Blair for 40 years goodness where do the where do those years and you don't seem a day too much <laughs> <laughs> there is definitely something wrong with your eyesight you know <laughs> but uh, I mean there's many many things that Colin and I could talk about but, but one of the things that we really wanted to talk about was the Christian lifestyle exactly which should of course be one of of joy and happiness. Jesus himself said, I have come that you might have the very, very best out of life. Abundant, exactly. full, over exactly. But of course, sadly, that's not everybody's experience. Now, of no. course, that doesn't mean, does it, Colin, that we don't go through rough times, challenging times. Exactly. And, and, you know, joy is very different to happiness. You know, happiness is quite transitory, but there are times where that joy seems to be buried quite deeply. I've just been talking to somebody who, um, whose wife, uh, whose husband died uh, 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 through COVID. And, uh, but, you know, as I was talking to her, she was laughing and joking. And that's probably because I... <laughs> you weren't making <laughs> jokes about that. This is typical of Colin. Yeah. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit problematic. But, but you do go off with it, don't you? I mean, you do. <laughs> You're the only one who can make people laugh at funerals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't intentionally do that. But the reality is, she she said, you know, she, we're just about to get, to attend a Thanksgiving because we weren't allowed to because of the COVID regulations. Mm-hmm. But but she she's invited us all. We, probably there'll be about 100 of us gathered. And she just said, Robert, this is the, the deceased, Robert would just want everybody to be full of joy and happiness there. I said, well, you can't dictate that. <laughs> you can't make people happy and joyful. But we've got a lot to celebrate in the life of Robert. He he was a school teacher, and some of his ex-pupils who were like, we, he taught them when they were 10, they're going to be turning up to his, his uh, the Thanksgiving service for him. So they're probably in their 70s. Mm. Well, I mean, that's a fantastic testimony, oh. isn't it? But, but I guess that, that, you know, when you're around people who would you rather spend time with? Would you rather spend time with people who, well, are fun to be with and, exactly. and you know, and, and actually build you up and are the alternative is, of course, for people who maybe just depress you. <laughs> uh, I don't know too many people like that, fortunately, but they, they are around there. The dooms and grooms, like the wee Scotsman in your exactly. one. Exactly. You know, oh, doomed doom, Captain doom, Mannering. Doom. Yeah. Well, th- I think it was... Um, it was was it Bunyan who wrote uh, "He who would valiant be," and in there there's a, a verse, and it says there, "Whoso beset him round with dismal stories, yeah. do but themselves confound his strength the more is." Yeah. And I think, you know, when people are miserable around you, and you know, life is difficult for many people, so I'm not trying to deny that, but. If if some of your listeners are Christians today, we have more to be joyful about and celebrate than anybody else. Because not only is it um, steak on the plate while you wait, but and pie. In, I mean, I love steak. I don't know about you. Steak and chips, it's great. Or pie in the sky when you die. You know, I love pies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in fact, in a book um, by uh, John Ortberg, the me I want to be. In there, there's a story about a woman who she says, when I die, I want to be buried with a fork. And they say, why do you want to be buried with a fork? A pitchfork, is that? You know, to warn- no, no, no. I want to be buried with a fork because the puddings are always the best. And I always like lemon meringue pie. So it's, you know. So she's um, looking forward to the lamb's grid feast. She is, absolutely. But I always think as well that today it's about feasting on the king today because he wants us to be complete and to be complete in jesus means a joyful heart now of course for you the 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 journey the the whole faith journey a lot of pain oh yeah i mean we last time you were in we didn't really talk too much about the fact that you know that your your father was was quite abusive to your mom yeah and that 
for you as a as a kid growing up in that environment, it wasn't easy. So joy wasn't filling your household, was it? No, not at all. In fact, it was like a war zone. So it was actually a bit like the troubles that were in Northern <laughs> Ireland. You know, yeah. my, my my dad was a nominal uh, Anglican, my mum was a Roman Catholic. And they used to row incessantly about those things. Not surprisingly, at the age of 12, I thought, I'm out of here on all of this. I'm never touching any of that religious stuff again. So what was it that actually made it? Because it wasn't just you getting out of that environment, because, in fact, you you really had to rescue your mum at one point, didn't you? And, and, Many times. And, uh, but... but but you did get out of it. Yes. Uh, and, of course, it turned that whole sour, bitter experience turned positive, didn't it? It did. And I think as we look at through, through some of our songs, some of those songs will highlight, you know, those, those turning points. There's certain t- turning points. Well, that's uh, Keith and Christine Getty there with their version of that wonderful worship song, uh, In Christ Alone. But how, how did discovering Jesus make the difference for you, Colin? I mean, because you, you had a lot of baggage, you had a lot of hurt and pain. Yep. Uh, and of course, you were setting out on a, on a career to work with young people. Yes, exactly. Um, I think, the well, the reason why I did that was because I didn't want anybody to feel alone in the same way that I did during my teenage years. I have to say, those years 12 through to, really, to till 21, I, I felt desperately alone. There was nobody really I shared that with. I, why was that, Colin? Was, was there really nobody that you could share with, or was it just too painful to share? I think... We, I, I grew up in a really poor area, and so people didn't. And and being a man, you just don't talk about those things. You just get on with it and and live your life. And the people I, not certainly, I didn't share anything about home. The people I did share some of some feelings with, um, they were messed up as well. So, <laughs> so it was like jumping from the frying pan into exactly. the. The one, the one. There was a couple. Who said? Who took me under their wing, uh, John and Kathy Ricketts? Um, not Christians, but uh, youth, youth workers, lovely people. Uh, live in Chester now, and they they uh, encouraged me to be involved in youth work. And it happened because I went on a residential weekend. One of my colleagues at, at work, he said, "Why didn't you come along to this?" And I ended up going on a residential experience to Greece. <laughs> very nice <laughs> so we did fundraising and i i just felt that's why that's why i had this enthusiasm and passion for 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 youth work then because up until then i was a scientist mm. i worked for a, a chemical large chemical courtauld's a large chemical chemical company so i wasn't really interested in you know developing a people side mm-hmm. but it was there and they recognized that and they said we think you ought to go and study Mm. I didn't even know what, what a youth worker was. I didn't even know there was such a job. <laughs> I know, did I actually? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I got involved in youth work in the in the church, you know. Yes. And, and like you, I was doing lots of other things, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. but suddenly realised, hey, this is actually something. I... And then when somebody said to me, do you know you can do this full time? I said, really? Oh, no. <laughs> it was a shock. Uh, the only thing was when they told me I had to go to college and study, that yeah, wasn't. But yeah. actually it was quite different because oh, yeah. I wasn't an academic. Because yeah, exactly. you did your studying in, in, in Birmingham, didn't you? Yes, Coventry? yes. So uh, in Birmingham, yeah. yeah. And then I, I did mine in London. Um, but, but of course, you went, when you went and when you started that journey, you, you, you weren't a Christian, no, were you? No, not at all. And it was, a, I mean, it was called a free church college. So that was... <laughs> so why, did you choose, why did you choose a church? Because, well, because, because the person who advised me, that's the college she went to, although she wasn't a Christian. So she, she knew it was a good course. She knew it was a fantastic course. She said, but beware of the fundamentalist Christians. Ah. She said, they tried to cast a demon out of a teddy bear while I was there. <laughs> really? Apparently. Mind boggles. Anyway, we're not going there today. But mm. um, So I was warned off all of that Christian-y stuff. Yeah. And um, I resisted that. Um, I kept away from the God Squad, although apparently they were praying for m- myself and Yvonne, my wife. 
and uh, that's where we met. We met at so uh, Yvonne was at the same college. Yeah, yeah, she was. She wasn't a Christian either. She was studying junior. She wanted. She was training to be a junior school teacher. I didn't realise that my my youth work qualification was also a teaching qualification. When I found out, I tried to get out of it, and they said, "Oh no, you can't now. Not now. You've enrolled." <laughs> <laughs> I was stuck on a three year teach, so I ended up going in teaching. I never wanted to teach at all in schools. Although I, you have ended up, of course, well, doing exactly. a lot of teaching. But I you? never thought I wanted yeah. to ever yeah. teach anything. I just wanted to do youth work. <clears throat> so what was it then that that made the crunch did you meet some of those mad casting demons out of teddy bear people well i did but they weren't like that they were lovely and actually um yvonne you see always wanted to be a christian she kept saying to me although we were living together at college she said look there's more to life than this and i'm thinking no there isn't you know loving a woman that's the best thing ever that's the highest pinnacle mm. you know and uh, i disagreed with and her i suppose that. for you that would have been because yeah. coming out of a dysfunctional oh. background to find a woman uh, i mean obviously yvonne's not here with us but she is quite special isn't she's she? very special and her family you see she's got an extended family when they meet together as a gathering there's about 40 of them <laughs> well for me when i met together with my family there was me my dad and my mum and my sister yeah and that was it <laughs> so quite quite a different environment exactly now i suppose also that the other thing uh, is that when you come from a totally non-christian you know you, the, the whole the whole christian thing people yeah. people call it religion don't they are yes, our spirituality yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. finding all yourself of that. And, and, and all of that i mean yeah. were you even in the spirituality I mean, were you were not at all were you not searching in the same way not that yvonne was not at all and actually i i worked with a male witch it's more and more interesting. So here we have a teddy bear that's possessed and, and a male witch. So was she a white witch? No, it was a man, a warlock. Oh, right. Male. So how did so, that relationship well, develop? I got, on really, I got on really well with him. He he, he did divining, divi- you know, like water divining. Yes. He did that over the young people and said to them and gave them like, you know, demonic Words about their lives. Oh, he probably wouldn't have said they were demonic. Oh no, he would say they were. They good were words. yeah, good words. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't even go into. I've been forbidden of telling the stories of some weird things that happened to me with with in in his presence. So, uh, but, but how did I mean apart from the, the specifics? Of, but how did that affect you? Because did that introduce you to elements of supernatural stuff? It did, but in a negative way. Well, it was or just was it weird. No, it was just weird. I mean, shall I tell you one thing? Yeah. So, you know, when Philip was transported, if you look in Acts, yes. you see Philip being transported. Uh, we don't know how he got from one place to, to another. another yep. It's a bit like something off Star Trek, isn't it? You know, <laughs> press the transporter beam. So I'm driving him. And this sounds absolutely weird. And if you don't know me, you'd think, oh, my goodness, he must be a nutter. But I'm driving. And I'm completely, uh, I'm a, a secular Scientist. Yep. I'm driving so you've along. You've got this guy who's your friend in the car. He's on a mini. He's in a minibus in front of me. Okay. And I'm driving. He said, "We're going to stop at Avery because I want you to feel the aura around the stones." I'm thinking, "Yeah, right." You know. <laughs> so what? anyway, I'm driving behind him. It's a one-track road. You know what some of those country lanes are like? Like going out yeah. to, to uh, out into Dorset, you, you, you and Wiltshire. You, it's single track. There's a minibus in front of me. I'm following him because I don't know anything about it. He goes around the bend, li- not literally, he goes around the bend in the, in the minibus. I go around the bend, there is no minibus there. Hmm. So, where? So, I, I think, what do I do now? I'm supposed to be following this guy. There's no turn-offs. It's just... A, a, so, did it occur to you he might have speed, you know, increased his speed? There was nowhere or? to speed. Hmm. I could see the road. There was nothing there. Hmm. I mean, you know, I'm a scientist. There's nothing there. What on earth is so happening So when here? you eventually did meet him again... Yeah, he wasn't phased by it at all. He said, oh, this is a very special... Because we were near to Avebury and, and Silbury Hill. Mm-hmm. He found himself, his, his minibus, coming in next to Silbury Hill. So I come into Avebury, which is... Silbury Hill is to the east. I come into to Avebury. He comes in from Silbury Hill. 
I've got no explanation. So he was saying no problem. No, he said sometimes these things happened. He said he's experienced transportations before. <laughs> and, of, and of course, it would solve our it would solve, it would solve our, our car problem. Forget about petrol. You'd just be transported everywhere. So that having had that experience and not clearly understanding it, not at all. Yeah. I haven't got a. Di- but do you, do you know what? I wasn't interested. So even that didn't didn't no. put you on a. Maybe there is something. Well, I I I didn't not believe in God. I wasn't an atheist. I was just agnostic, and I really wasn't really interested in it. So for the benefit of listeners, what's the difference between an atheist and an agnostic? Atheist means there is no God. Now, how anybody can be an atheist, I don't know. It would be a bit like me saying there are no um, purple-spotted jellyfish around the universe. Now, there's none in in the world, but who says there isn't one in the vast spaces of time and universe? You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Even Richard Dawkins says there's this thing called multiverse. So he's prepared to believe something that's weird and wacky. Yeah, the Mm. idea that we've got parallel universes that we're all in, you know, that there is somewhere. This is what he literally believes, that somewhere, Blair, there's another Blair that's in a parallel universe and another Colin Bennett. Well, it's just, I mean, I mean, I'd, you know, doesn't that, there's no, there's no scientific explanation for that at all. It's a faith statement. So Richard Dawkins has faith. Uh, so that's an atheist. An atheist believes there so is a no... definitely call... There is no... There is no God. No God. No God. But agnostic? Agnostic is, comes from the word gnostic, which means to know. You just don't know. Hmm. Now, there's loads of things I don't know about. So I am agnostic on a lot of things, but I'm not agnostic when it comes to the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. 90.1 Hope FM and hopefm.com. And my very special guest uh, today is is Colin uh, Bennett, and of course we've been talking about uh, well about the whole. We started by talking about joy and of course yeah. the reality. Uh, that song, of course, that we just played before the break, yes. there, you know, yeah. that uh, I thought. The, I mean, the title "Too Good Not to Believe." Exactly, I suppose sums up, you know, in some ways what you discovered. Well, I I was just overwhelmed when I became a Christian. I was just the love of God. It's just immense. There's a theological word for it. The word is wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I mean, the whole notion that the God of the universe that's created everything should bother about me, but more than bother, sends his son to die for me. If I was the only one alive... He would have. Jesus would have died for me. Now we left it. You'd been driving behind that weird guy oh, uh, who disappeared, <laughs> and, uh, and, and we also left it that, that that there you were. You you had a girlfriend who believed that there was something more. Yes. Uh, and uh, but you were as hard as old nails by the sound of it. Yeah. Well, I just. Well, it but wasn't you did a, believe in God. Yeah, I did believe in God. I was a theist, you know. So I believed that there was a God. So why did you believe in God when? Well, because God might be anything, you know. You know, I've something, watched Star- something out there. Yeah, I've watched Star Wars. I know, you know, Star Wars. It's the Force, the mysterious Force. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't it? You know, it's not personal. The 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 world is just kind of like carrying on without God's intervention. It's just all yeah. So theists tend to believe that you're just out out of that. So when did the crunch come? The crunch came when um, I went to a guest service with Yvonne and um, it was just, it, my heart was just strangely warmed. One, you know, it wasn't John a partic- Wesley. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it wasn't a particularly, um, you know, there was no kind of like flashing lights or anything. I just knew. I went in. I didn't believe that there was a God and love and all of that. And I came out and there, I knew there was. Um, nobody prayed with me or prayed for me. I just released everything to God at that po- point because he's given all, so why wouldn't I give all? And then the following week, um, Yvonne uh, became a Christian as well. She went into the to the church service. She was said there's a door between me, her and God. She she gets to the church door. She starts to cry. So what are you crying about? He said, she said, the door's open. Mm. So there is a sense that 
people sometimes say that, you know, Christianity, you know, is it really real? Well, it is real because it impacts you in a way that nothing else can. And it certainly did Im- impact you because, oh, yeah. of, because you went on to marry that young girl. I did. Uh, who became your best, wife. Best decision I've ever made. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, even the relationship with your with your father, when, when we talked about how difficult that was, but actually yes. that moved from, I mean, you were saying that he had some, some um, frightening experiences for him. He did because he had two near-death experiences. One where he, um, I mean, this is way before I was a Christian, he, uh, I bought him some Southern Comfort and he just decided to glug the whole thing and just completely, his eyes rolled around the back of his head. He was out on the floor. Myself and my mum were trying to revive him. I'm surprised my mum was that worried at reviving him. Anyway, we tried to revive him and uh, he, he came back to life. A long time later, he told me about that experience, but he also told me about another experience which um, he, my 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 mum witnessed. I wasn't there at the time, but he also then um, was deceased. She brought him back to life, and, and the first one was a positive experience. It's the, the whole thing, you know. You go up to the corner of the room, you can see it. See your he body, could, yeah. yeah. You can see your body. You can see everybody around. Then all all of a sudden, you go to the bright light, and he went then into a garden and met the gardener. And the gardener said, it's not time for you to be here then and back to earth. Mm. Uh, and what he described when he, when he went was it was so peaceful and so calm. If, he was a man who wore, had got some illnesses and, and pains, but he felt no pain when he was there. He said it was painless and pain-free. And, so, and a wonderful place. So at the point, because you said it took him a while to talk to you about yeah. it, but at that point, had he then... No. So no, he, even with that experience? No, no, no. It didn't cause him to, to... Because then he has a negative one. Now, not many people talk about negative near-death experiences, and not surprisingly, because he was wrapped in chains and dragged down a tunnel screaming. So like that Scrooge movie. Yeah, or Ghost, in Ghost, the yeah. film Ghost, yes. there, yeah. there's, there's something of that kind of imagery. Um the Sun were going to do a, a, a feature on ne- negative near-death experiences, but decided not to. Obviously, would have terrified too many people. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so there we are. That that was his two near-death experiences. But the good neither, news is, yes, that the good he ne- did come through. Exactly. The last, almost the last words he said. I went round visited with my younger daughter Sarah. Went round to visit him. And always he kind of like got the prayer book out. Although he wasn't a Christian, he got the prayer book out and read some kind of stilted prayer. But then he just cried out, Jesus. That was it. And then we prayed, we prayed for him and then we left. And that was the last last words that I heard him speak, pretty much. And that, to you, must have been... Oh. I mean, what, what, a, what a way to finish a relationship. Well, I mean, he then suffered for a month in hospital, mm-hmm. so, but he couldn't speak at all. Sure. I went into hospital one time and he was very agitated. And I sat there and, and spoke and prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to descend on him. And he went as quiet as a baby. Mm-hmm. It was lovely to see. Because normally, sometimes in hospitals, it's hard to get those experiences. But he was, he quietened, and and shortly after that, he died. And it was, it was so I could speak at his funeral and say, uh, you know, those who call out on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in His resurrection shall be saved. So dealing. I mean, the song in the living years, it's no wonder it makes you cry, you exactly. know, because it must take you back yep. to the fact All that there that. there was restoration. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that that's also what's at the heart of true belief. It's, exactly. It's a restoration, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. This is Hope FM. It's quite interesting how you move from, you know, Almost a total coldness, you yeah. Know, to actually going to a church and wham bang, and here you are. And some people meet me who knew me before and say, I mean, one one person I was speaking at a, a conference of about two or three hundred people, and this person was in the crowd. Liz, her name is, and Liz came forward at the end and she said, "I can't, I couldn't cope." She said, "I know what you were like before." <laughs> 
<laughs> and now what you like now? And to hear you preaching and teaching the gospel, she said, I really couldn't handle it. She was one of the God Squad mm. at West Hill College. And I want to say, Justin, I'm glad you're listening in as well. Justin's just texted me, Justin Grinsel. Yeah, good you know, morning, Justin. Morning, yeah, it's Justin. Good to hear that the clan are listening this morning. At the heart of all of this, there, there's tremendous hope because I, I mean, if blind eyes are open, if if yes. heal, heals and your limbs are healed, if, if there's so much hope, you know, there. Exactly. Then why are our churches not at capacity? <laughs> you know, we should have more cues for the church than we're having for petrol. Absolutely, and and you're right, Blair. And and the issue is this that people who are outside of the church think there isn't a place for them in there and there's nothing for them there. They think it's a social club which is the, and, and the saddest social club you could ever belong to. So the reality is we've got to do a major, major front on saying to people there's something wonderful in here for you. And I think there is tremendous hope because the more we get engaged with community, I mean, I, I run this little community. Well, I'm, I'm speaking twice, Saturday and Sunday. One at a group called MAST, which is men actively standing together. And that's there for anybody. It's a breakfast. For those people who, men who might have experienced domestic violence or abuse or struggling with mental health difficulties or just are not flourishing and not are not growing in themselves. So that's mass. That's on Saturday at Water Lily Cafe, 10 till 12. If you're interested, I know my friend Sid, who often listens, he came along as a result of me being on the radio a while back. So Sid, if you're listening, see you on Saturday. Good morning, Sid. <laughs> and anybody else who's interested, you can have my um, number. So that's the Water Lily Cafe it's on, the on water, Barrack Road. On Barrack at what time? 10 till 12. 10 o'clock till 12 o'clock. It's a free breakfast. Cook <laughs> breakfast and I'm cooking it. So there we go. Yeah, <laughs> so make sure you, you take your you know, pills before. Um, the, um, now, obviously, the other thing that you're doing um, is... Um, is teaching evangelism. So you're yes. basically you're, you're you're getting groups of Christians together uh, yeah. and and you're sharing with them how to basically share the core message of, of what Christianity is all about. Exactly. Now you put this course together. Yeah. What elements have you put into it? So the first session for the first couple of hours is really about the person. What is their story? Where a bit like what I've done on the radio here. Where are you in your faith growth? Where and some people might be very new in their faith group or it may be that they've not really grown a great deal and they've been a Christian a long time but really haven't quite got it yet and so you know that that's the first one about you you and God the most profound questions to ever ask is who am I and who is God Mm. those two questions but do you think also I mean we were talking about the struggles that people who aren't believers have yeah. and we know the Holy Spirit is the one who switches the light on exactly. and I don't know whether you've been in a room exactly. like, like, like you know Yvonne said the door is open yeah, you know, exactly. all of a sudden exactly. it's the Holy Spirit bringing people yeah. to that moment uh, but equally um, do you think that there there are challenges with Christians knowing exactly who they are exactly. and what authority they have yeah and it's interesting because there's so much help for this but it's like we've got so many resources but it's like there's too many resources or you don't don't really know where to look so one of the things that i'm doing as well is being a life coach and i'm helping people understand some of those things my life after moorlands is is doing that and i'm, I'm finding i'm busy doing that helping people discover their true vocation in god mm-hmm. which is just wonderful isn't it i mean just recently i, I probably had more one-on-one time with people who are really really searching you yes know, exactly and, uh, and for me it's, it's incredibly encouraging really yeah. because i'm thinking golly you know the, there are so many people out there who really are searching her yes and many of them of course are hurting you know yeah. uh, we know that mental health you know particularly amongst young people has just gone off the scale you yeah. know and uh, and whatever but actually uh, although that's really sad i'm thinking yeah. There, there is no better time to bring hope you know, exactly. to say that actually there is a God who loves you with a passion yeah. uh, and who has that now of course you've seen this in your own life Colin yes. and you've seen it in your family life yep. I mean even Dan you know you've seen if he was here he'd, he'd have a great story to tell exactly. as well about his own journey you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and, um, and I guess that, that people's you know there's nothing like people's 
in Christian world, we call it testimony, don't you know? Yeah. But it's just people's stories, you know. Exactly. You know, that once I was blind, but now I see. Exactly. And it brings so. But also the fact that uh, that at the heart of Christian faith is, is what Jesus has done because of his immense love for us. Um, so do you, uh, how have you been finding with the groups that you've been working with? Because a lot of people, when you start talking about reaching out to others, they get a bit frightened, don't well, they? Well, and I think that's what we've tried to do. We've said, look, let's just be honest. Who here has messed it up? And so last night I was doing a session about with, with Mo Pimenta. Uh, this is at Bransgore, St. Mary's Church in Bransgore. And we've been, we, we've been doing these, these four weeks. L- last night was about the church. And what can the church do? And we, we then also shared about our own bad experiences about sharing the gospel. So I, I talked about three areas where, and I'm not going to talk about them on the radio. Where you messed three, up, are you talking I about? Where I messed up, where I really... And she talked about two areas where she felt she messed mm. up as well. So yeah. I, think, I think the thing is, God would want us to have a go. <laughs> if we don't have a go, you know... Well, the funny thing is, one of the stories I heard recently really, really encouraged me. You heard of Jonathan Edwards? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jonathan Edwards was a young man who God used in the Welsh Revival. Yes. Uh, but did you know, Colin, that he couldn't really put two words together? Yes. He couldn't preach. He couldn't. No. He couldn't preach for no. onions. You know. No. But but he would say one word. Yes. And wham! Yeah. <laughs> you know. But of course, it was God working through him. Of course, him. it was. And I, I guess that that's the encouraging thing that the whole Christian life is not so much about us and how good we are and coming no. up to the mark, but it's about a fa- fabulous God who loves us with a passion working exactly. through us. Exactly. And last night at St. Mary's in Bransgore, we, myself and Mo, we sensed that God the Holy Spirit was just there encouraging those people to be able to share their stories a little bit more effectively. And next week, we're looking at the mystery of prayer and how to influence five, four or five people, three, four or five people around you and be able then to tackle some of the obstacles that come up. So, you know, if you look at the woman at the well in, uh, in the Bible, you can see her. She brought obstacles all the time to Jesus. She kind of like, We're not, you're not allowed to give me water. Or, you know, there is this whole sense that a Jew's not allowed to talk to a Samaritan. Or, you know, where should we worship and how should mm. we worship? All these things. And yet the key thing is, is about engaging with Jesus, isn't it? And, you know, and what that reminds me of is one of the things I learned quite quickly. You know, you can meet anybody and they'll tell you their troubles and then they'll. But actually what they won't tell you, and sometimes only because they don't understand it themselves. But what is the heart of the problem? Yes. What's the core of the problem? Yep. And one of the things that I learned to do was talk less and listen more. Because the Bible talks about that still small voice within us. Yep. And very often. I'm that, still learning that, Blair. I still tend to talk more and listen less <laughs> well the thing is that sometimes you know uh, that that I mean I think I told you about my most embarrassing experience you know when I was with my wife Jan at St Thomas's Church in yeah in Sheffield in, and there was this lady who I didn't know no. and God I've had this voice in my head take her in your arms which was bad. I mean, when Jan was standing there. I mean, what would Yvonne have thought of you? I mean, take this woman in your arms. I mean, I could see Jan. Anyway, that wasn't. It got worse. Tell her you love her. <laughs> well, it, about four or five times, okay. I heard this in my noggin, and I thought, I'm not going to do that. There's no way. No, I'm, no, no, no. Anyway, I eventually did it. Yeah. Jan wasn't looking, uh, and uh, you know, the minute. Then I spoke the words and I took her in my arms. I knew it wasn't me speaking. Yeah. It was God speaking through me. And she melted. She melted in, in my arms. And I learned, Colin, through that experience, and I think it's something that we all as Christians need to learn, is stop rabbiting on and listen to the voice of God. Because people will have all these arguments, you know, but God was, will whisper in your by spirit, this is what you need to talk about. Talk about this. Yes. And very often this will open the door. Yeah. Very incredible. But sometimes it's scary to do. Well, and, and, and you know, it could have gone wrong, Blair. It, she could have gone it wrong. It could have gone really wrong. And she could have slapped you and then <laughs> hashtag me too. And yes. you would be in big trouble. My reputation would have been gone. But, but the funny thing is, the other thing I learned is that people lie. You know? <laughs> You know, so you can say yes. to somebody, actually, I just feel like God is saying this, and they'll say, oh, no, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. Yeah. Um, 
but people do tell porkers. Yeah. But I think I think it's important because if it's true that the God who created us, he's the God who knows. Yes, exactly. And even when we don't understand ourselves, you know, I think that he's able to because he loves us, you know, yeah. to reveal. And I think as Christians we have this ability to have a hotline to God Himself, yeah, but not with the purposes of shaming people or no. or exposing them, but actually with helping them. Well, we bring words of life or death to people, and mm. I was reading that this morning in Proverbs about life and death. But also, you know, we don't know the effect that it's going to have. So, Ruth, my eldest daughter, um, she was speaking to somebody, and she just invited, said to somebody, I'd like to go out for a cup of coffee with you, and I'll help you and support you in a, a work you're doing. This person was, was, was apparently thinking about being harming themselves. Yeah. As a result of that intervention, this person then didn't. Mm-hmm. And that then has gone to a number of people who've then come to Ruth and said, did you know that just you saying those few words has made such a massive I would, impact? I would have loved to see Ruth's face when oh. that was fed back. Because at the heart of it, that's what Christianity is exactly. all about. It's exactly. Well, that's uh, Carrie Joby's version of that amazing and wonderful song, uh, The Blessing. And, I, and we actually started our conversation, uh, Colin and I, talking about Jesus saying, I've come that you might have the very best of life. Yeah. And that blessing is a great song. Because oh. right, right in the midst of the darkness and all the challenges, it's God saying, oh, I love you. I want yes, to pour my blessing exactly. to you. Exactly, And it's the, the blessing in numbers. So it's actually straight out of Scripture. And it's the the blessing that Jesus would have prayed. He would have prayed that it's a priestly prayer to pray a blessing on people. And I think during COVID, this is that was the song of COVID. There's no doubt about that. If you've not seen, if your listeners have not, if the listeners have not seen um, the UK version, which you can watch on YouTube, yeah. it's I, wonderful. I love because actually, I think you need to watch the video. Yes, of these I songs, do. Because the one thing, the, particularly the one where they did the UK blessing, and they had people from different denominations, yes, exactly. Salvation Army, Church exactly, everything, everything. And I thought this is exactly what it's about. It's yeah. about unity, and it's about us standing together to bless a hurting world. You exactly, know, exactly. Uh, exactly. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Trouble is, it makes me cry. Uh, um, so, um, we're talking about your evangelism course, uh, yes. Uh, and so, and how have people been responding? Yeah, very well. I mean, I, I asked the question last night, which it's week three, so we were doing the church, you know, the, the wonderful bride of Christ, and how the church needs to be have an open door. You know, it, it was originally a tabernacle that was only for the Jewish people. But now it's an open door for everybody, that anybody can come into a church and be blessed and encouraged, but also challenged. We always need a little bit of challenge in our lives, but it's to do with the balance of challenge. Hmm. You know, there are times where I've needed far more love than I've needed challenge, and there are Hmm. other times where I've needed far (laughs) more challenge. And John Stott says, he says, love without truth is sentimental but truth without love is harsh and hard and we need that balance of of those things well i suppose it's a bit like you know uh, i've done a few interviews with people from aa you know yeah, yeah. alcoholics anonymous and one of the things that they, they obviously stress is and i've heard other people say the same thing that it's really hard to be honest yes and sometimes it's really hard to to, to be honest with to yourself, you know. yes, exactly. But, but really, until you really come to that point where you you really want to deal with whatever the issue is yep. for you, yep. you know, there's not a lot that can be done, you know. With no. that. But but the lovely thing is, of course, that that when you bring the power of a loving God into that, yeah, there be there might be some truth that hurts and, yes. and stuff. But actually, the whole purpose is to set us free and yes. to give us that. Exactly. And of course, that's what you discovered in your own journey. Yeah. And then I sharing it uh, with others. And of course, you spent many years of your life at Moreland's. I did. Wonderful place. And that 
must have been a fantastic encouragement oh. because you were equipping young in fact your whole life was youth work like yeah. mine and uh, I guess that both of us love nothing more than to see young people find their wings and yeah. flying yeah, and so on exactly. And uh, but but then of course you started to work with training other uh, young yes. adults and so on to, to be, become missionaries and involved in Christian work uh, whether it was in secular fields or in Christian fields, all over the world. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. So now I'm, you know, Moorlands is a fantastic place. And, you know, if you're thinking of getting a theological education and wanting to go into ministry in, in its broadest sense or, or narrowest sense, Moorlands is a fantastic place to be. You know, it, it, it gets three stars all the time. But I think but I think now I'm very much more working one-on-one and in local community. So there's a number of different projects that I'm working on. I've, I haven't got time to talk about all the projects really, Blair, but uh, loving working with Primacare. So I'm one of the trustees there, loving working with Christchurch Housing Society. So helping some of the most vulnerable people in society, which is great. Obviously, I'm still a trustee at Waterlily Project, helping women in domestic abuse situations. And I'm speaking actually at St. Men's Breakfast at St. Mary's in Ferndown as well. So really looking forward to that and trying to help them think about that there'll be about maybe 70 people there. So there's still tickets, not till the 27th of November. And of course, they've got a fabulous cafe over there. Oh my goodness, it's brilliant. So, you know, there it's going to be a full English breakfast and then... Do you know how many... There there seems to be this thing that evangelism and good Christian work is always associated with food, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. What Jesus did, didn't he? Take, take, eat. I'm coming to your house for tea. I'm coming to your house for tea. It's one of my favourite lines, Blair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, we're almost at you know two hours. We've been talking yeah. about about life and love, and yeah. If there's been somebody listening to the program, you know that 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 are really want to know that they're not sure. They maybe we would say they're agnostic. They're not too sure. Yeah. What is the best thing that that they can do in terms of of reaching out, in terms of in their own journey, um, getting some of those answers for themselves? Yeah, I think first I would always say talk to somebody who is is a, a genuine, full on Christian believer. You know, the, the jargon would be full of the Holy Spirit. You know, I think, but I mean, they can ring us, can't they? On the on the line here, and I'm sure we yeah. would. Yes. We'd be more than happy to, to speak to them. I'm certainly more than happy to speak to anybody about the love of Jesus. I think that's number one. I think reading the Bible is absolutely essential. So it is God's word. You know, we might have had words in our head from God, but, you know, one of the things you can guarantee about the Bible, it's open in front of me here. One of the things you can guarantee is all those words are inspired. Not all of my words are inspired, Blair. <laughs> well, you haven't done badly, but it, it, it's Colin plus the Holy Spirit, isn't it? It's, it's, that, it, it's like I don't mind as long as I'm in there somewhere. <laughs> yes, as long as you brought him with you into the studio, you're, you're not too bad, you exactly. know. <laughs> now, the other thing, very important thing is, and we, we, you've talked about some of the dark times that you've had. Yeah. To it. Now, your next song, although not a Christian song, the, no. lyric, the lyric of the song is really important, Don't Look Back in Anger. And I think it's easy to, and it's a, Dan, who's lit, my son Dan, who's listening at the moment, it's a, a popular song with Manchester City supporters. So uh, the whole notion of looking back in anger, I think is, you know, a lot of people look back at their life with regret and feel upset about how things have gone. But the great thing is, Jesus says, look forward, don't look back, keep looking back, keep your eyes fixed on me, the author, perfecter and pioneer of the faith. So if our listeners are doing wanting to do one thing, look forward. Now, don't look back. But for me, I there were times that I had to look back to deal with things, and that's different. So there was a time where God spoke to me and said, I want you to apologise to your dad for showing him disrespect. I'm thinking... You've got to be joking. God, you've got to be joking. I don't want to say sorry to him about anything. That little word pride gets in the way of all well, of us, Well, for goodness it? sake, you yeah. know, let him say sorry to me. No, I won't. But, you know, when I did that, because I was disrespecting him over an issue, when I did that, something changed in me because God then whispered mm. in my ear, I'm the dad you've never had. 
Isn't it interesting in the Lord's Prayer where it said, forgive us our trespass, our sins, as we, we forgive. forgive. Didn't you? I always think that was really unjust, you know. I thought, <laughs> what stupid person re- wrote this? And then I, and I had to repent, you know, yeah. because it was God it himself, was Jesus, you know. Exactly. Yeah, but, but of course, I suppose that, that I suppose the, the, the Lord knew that if we hang on to bitterness, uh, that actually it would eat us alive, you know. It does, uh, it does. Whereas actually what he's saying is, Look, give it to me. Yeah, the, the Bible's full of saying, don't allow any root of bitterness to get in because it's then a foothold for Satan. The, the, the enemy wants to drag us down. Jesus wants to lift us up. 90.1 Hope FM and HopeFM.com Now, Colin, as you'd imagine, is involved in all sorts of projects. He has alluded to, uh, to some of them. But let's talk a wee bit more about some of those things. Now, I know that you have a passion for mass, but for the uninitiated, what is mass? Yeah, so it's men uh, actively standing together. So the whole notion is trying to enable men to be able to flourish. Now, there's lots of support groups for women, not as many for men. And so I think it's something that we really, really need to do. And particularly in church life, you know, sometimes you look and you think, well, there's there's lots of women in this church, but where are the men? Part of it is because I think men feel that church isn't for them. You mm. know, it's about singing, whereas actively involved so these men that come to the group we've got there's about a dozen 15 men who come along and they are just wonderful men who you can see every week are growing becoming more close closely knit together there's a there's a vitality there now there's food involved in this is always there? food um is that lunch or breakfast it's a full a full english breakfast and then you then ha- they then have to suffer an after breakfast speech from me <laughs> <laughs> so what what is the format? I mean, if I if I rocked up, what what would I experience? Yeah, so ten o'clock, you'd come in and we'd just chat for five ten minutes. Then you'd order your food. Then the food would be cooked. You'd eat your breakfast. You'd be on small tables, <clears> so you'd be talking with with two or three other people on the table. And then we'd then kind of like do a bit of notices and clearing up and things. And if anybody had got anything they specifically wanted to say, they could. But th- there's no compulsion for anybody to say anything. And then I would then do a short presentation and it would be a dialogue, a question and answer kind of thing. It's not a lecture. Well, or of course, a that's what you do, isn't it? Because you like getting people talking. <laughs> exactly. don't you? And do they talk? Oh, everybody talks. There was one guy who came along. He said, look, I'm not going to say anything. Please don't ask me to say anything. I'm, I'm just too upset with where I am in my life. I'm not going to say anything. Hmm. And? Can't shut him up. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, well, that's great. I, but I suppose that, that points to people feeling comfortable and also, you know, feeling as if they're not being judged. Yeah. Also, it's not religious. So it's not a Christian event, in inverted commas. It's not a church event. This is an event. Actually, amazingly, Arnold Clark, the, the, the motor people have have given some sponsorship to it as well so they give us an, a bit some money to be able to pay for for some of the facilities and also to pay for the breakfast so why why do they do that because green door for families who this comes out of mass comes out of this other charity called green door for families which is new in the area green door for families um we applied for some money and they gave us a thousand pounds so that's lovely and Thank you, Arnold Clark. And what sort of people rock up? All ages? All ages, all stages, all different stories. So not different... necessarily people who would say they were Christian? No, no, not at all. There are some people who are Christians that come along, but some, you know, number who aren't. So it, it really doesn't matter who, you know, the one characteristic is they have to be male. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Mast is great. So that's happening this Saturday. 10 till 12 at, uh, at Waterlily Cafe, which is on 131 Barrack Road. And people can feel free to to, to come to that. If and they ring ring me, I'll be able to then... Book them in for breakfast. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, I think the last time you were on it was... Was it Sid was this yes, thing? And, Sid, and he, yeah. he went out. And of course, he's been a regular, hasn't he? He has. He brought a couple of people with him as well. So it's been great. So, so well done, Sid, if you're listening. Well yeah. done, Sid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's probably out on construction sites at the moment. Because on Saturday, he's going to talk about... What is a? He's going to spend two or three minutes talking about what makes a good foundation. Mm, fantastic, yeah. And and would he have done that when you first met him? You know, because uh, 
Sid's an amazing man. He probably would, but now I think he'll be feel more comfortable about it. And I think the group will feel more comfortable about, you know, he's he's you know, people have, have grown to love him and know him and respect him in the group. Now, your one-on-one work that you've been doing, because yeah. I know you've been, you've been coaching people, yeah. but how does that work? So again, people can just ring me and we then have, we can either do a face-to-face or on a phone and just talk through, really, it's the person's agenda. What is it they want, because they're paying £20 an hour, what do they want to get out of the time that they spend talking with me? And if they're Christians, we'll pray and we'll talk about Scripture and all of that. If they're not, it doesn't really make any difference. So you're like a bit of a bouncing board, are you? Yeah, exactly. And and it's not counselling. We're not sorting out your problems, you know, when you're dropped on, a, on your head when you were three years of age. Mm-hmm. It's, it really is that whole notion of where are you going in your life and are you flourishing in what, what your life is all mm. about. It's interesting, really, because this morning I, I was reading about another ministry, basically, and they were saying yep. about the importance of, of being in a small group, you know, yep. uh, where you can – where you can because if you try and do stuff on your own, oh. it's really difficult. And then all, if, you, if you fail, you know, or you feel you fail, then it can be a real, you know, diner, as it were. Yeah. But when I was in a small group where you can maybe learn how to, to trust, because it does take time. Exactly. It, with mass, does everything that happens in the group stay in the group? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we don't we don't share people's stories outside of that. So it's absolutely fine. And, it, and it's. It's wonderful to see those people, but it's also heartbreaking to hear some people's stories. So that's good. And then on Sunday at Water Lily Cafe, we've got another free breakfast. (laughs) See, there it goes again, food. Our our Thanks for the Memory programme today was on food, and I'm sat here, I haven't had breakfast in there... Will you please desist? <laughs> Anybody, any, I haven't had breakfast either. Anybody can turn up for this at the Water Lily Cafe, 10 till 12. And, we're, and it really is, it's there designed to help people. And it is Christian and it's, and it's about worshipping God, but worshipping God in a very small group. There's about seven or eight, maybe 10 of us that meet maximum. And we just, we just laugh together. We eat together. We have a lovely time together. And I will be opening scriptures a little bit with people. Now, also, of course, you've done. You've got a website, yeah. And it's a lot of the stuff that you, we've been talking about today. These these events and so on, are they on your website? Yes, they are. So, training life changing is the website. But it's just as easy to contact me via Facebook. Yeah. So, Colin Bennett. When it's working, of course. Yeah. Well, it is now, isn't it? Yeah. So, just Colin Bennett. You'll find me there in Christchurch. Just contact me, message me via that. You can do Messenger or whatever. Um, my phone number is. Do you want me to take? Do you want my phone yeah, number? Yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, so 07944 427 760. Just, just again. 0794 427 760. And that's. Well, Colin, it's always a delight to have always you a delight. on the programme. I owe Mitty. Uh, we're going to go out with uh, another favourite of yours because exactly. of your support and love for a much. Loved and, and 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 let's be honest about not doing too well football team at the moment. But you're standing beside them. Yes. But why, Mister Bluesky? Well, because I think not only is it Coventry City's um, best song that we sing, it also is good for life as well. You know, when clouds gloom you in and shadows gloom you in, what's the best thing? that you'll you'll ever see is a lovely blue sky shining at you. <laughs> well, from Colin and from me, Blair Crawford, it's goodbye, God bless. And this is ELO and Mr. Blue Sky. This is Hope FM.